Hello, I'm Peter Hockley, an evangelist at Oxford Bible Church. And in today's program, I want to talk to you about the faithful God. I'm going to start by reading the scripture from the book of Lamentations, chapter 3, and we'll read verses 21 to 24. It says, This I recall to my mind, therefore I have hope. Through the Lord's mercies we are not consumed, because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I hope in him. And uh, these are the words of Jeremiah, who is known as the weeping prophet. And he is speaking amidst the ruins of Judah, the once mighty nation that had been brought to desolation. You know, the men and women of Judah were the keepers of the word of God. They were God's chosen people, his treasure in the earth, his nation among the peoples of the world. They were the ones who were acquainted with the ways of the Lord. They understood his word and to worship him was their joy. To, uh, to know him was their, their great worship. And uh, they enjoyed the mighty presence of God Almighty among them. The nation had been living in blessing, had been living in abundance, and had been living in peace. But over time, slowly, the people had abandoned the faith of their fathers. They had let go of God and embraced idols. Their hearts had become wrapped up in other things, other concerns. Their minds were taken up with other things beside the Lord, and they had grown cold to the God that they had once known. And slowly the rot began on the inside of individuals, and that rot spread among society. And then as time passed, that rot from within was met from uh, without by invasion. The Babylonians came and they were conquered. Peace was lost. Joy was turned into despair. Their songs of praise and worship became cries of lamentation, of sorrow and despair. Their choices had led them to this place. No one was to blame. No one was responsible but themselves. Uh, they had continued along that path and it had brought ruin. And it was indeed ruin. Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came with his armies into Judah with merciless and uh, devastating effect. They had laid waste to cities. They had ruined towns across Judah. And then they had ultimately battered Jerusalem itself, burning it, looting it of everything that was valuable and burning the holy temple that was built by Solomon to the ground. And I wonder if there is anyone watching this program today who might say that you're living in a, in a Judah of your own. Perhaps you once knew the Lord and walked with him, or maybe you've never known him at all. But uh, you might be like those inhabitants of Judah, where religion is something of the past, maybe something that your parents did. Maybe your grandparents went to church and uh, you say to yourselves, well, they had their Christianity and it was good for them but uh, we have no need of those things anymore. And yet, just like Judah, maybe the walls of your life are broken down. Maybe the enemies of fear and worry and doubt have crept in and broken up your life, broken up your dreams. Maybe everything good that you once knew has been burnt down and uh, you might now see the skies over your life black with the smoke of those fires. But uh, Jeremiah, as I said, was the weeping prophet 
and he saw this nation overwhelmed by enemy armies. He saw that the world around him had been reduced to ashes. And yet amidst the ruins, Jeremiah, even in his lamentation, says in our text in verse 21, he says, I have hope. While the fire still raged, he said, I have hope. Even though the smoke and the dust rose into the air, he said, I have hope. Even though darkness has almost swallowed us up, he said, I still have hope. And his hope was in the Lord, the mercies of the Lord, the compassion of the Lord, the faithfulness of God. You know, the Bible is filled with examples of the faithfulness of God, God's faithfulness. In fact, the Bible is the story of God's faithfulness to the human race. It's God's faithfulness to man in light of man's continued unfaithfulness to him. Let me just read a few more scriptures to you. Deuteronomy chapter 7 and verse 9 says, Therefore know that the Lord your God, he is God, the faithful God, who keeps covenant and mercy for a thousand generations with those who love him and keep his commandments. Psalm 36 verse 5 says, Your mercy, O Lord, is in the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the clouds. In the New Testament, 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 9 says, God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 3 says, But the Lord is faithful, who will establish you and guard you from the evil one. And one more verse, Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 23, which says, Let us hold fast the confession of our faith or our hope, without wavering, without doubting, for he who promised is faithful. And throughout the scripture we meet a God who keeps his promises, who does not lie because he cannot lie, who repeatedly assures his people that he will be with them in calamity, that he will uphold and support them in difficult trials, that he will lend his omnipotent strength to their frail weaknesses, that he will lead them to safety out of every trouble and in every instance, in every case, God fulfills his word. There is no one who puts their trust in him, simple, humble faith, that is turned away or left disappointed. He is the faithful God, and his is the promise that never fails, and his is the hand that never lets go. God promised Noah that he would keep him and his family safe from the flood if they entered the ark. They entered the ark, and he kept them safe. The Lord appeared to Abraham in Ur of the Chaldees and he called him to leave all the life that he knew, everything that was familiar to him, and to follow the Lord, trusting that he would lead Abraham to a promised land of blessing. And the scripture says that Abraham went, not knowing where he was going, but God was faithful to bring him into the land of Canaan. Again, the Lord appeared to Abraham, who at that point was called Abraham, Abram. And he appeared to him when he was old, when he was childless, and he promised that he would be the father of a multitude, changed his name to Abraham to reflect that, and promised that uh, through his son, his descendants would be as numerous as the sand on the sea or the stars in, sky, in the sky. And at the appointed time, Isaac, the son of promise, was born, and through Isaac came Jacob, and through Jacob came the twelve sons who were the heads of the tribes of Israel. God was faithful. And to one of those 12 sons, Joseph, 
The Lord appeared in a dream and promised that teenage boy that one day he would be a powerful and influential leader, a great man. And though his jealous brothers persecuted and betrayed him and sold him into slavery, and though as a slave he was falsely accused of rape and in a moment cast down from the slave house to the prison house, God remained faithful alongside Joseph. And at the appointed time, Joseph stood before Pharaoh and in a moment was promoted to Pharaoh's right-hand man. He woke up that morning in the prison house and that very night laid his head to sleep in the palace, being the most powerful ruler in the most powerful nation on earth because God is faithful. And you know, many years after Joseph died, a new Pharaoh rose up who didn't know Joseph, who had no idea or care to know who he was, who enslaved the children of Israel and made their lives bitter with misery. But God raised up Moses and through him promised that he would deliver the children of Israel from that bondage in Egypt. Did he do it? Yes, he did, because he is the faithful God. And all through the word of God, all through the scripture, we see it. The trustworthy, faithful one, the one whom Jeremiah in our text is remembering, even as, Ju as, even as Judah burns and smolders around him, he says, I have hope because he knew that God was faithful. And even though the nation was brought to ruin, even though Jerusalem was captured, even though so many thousands were carried away, captive into Babylon, he knew that God would fulfill his promise to the people. And sure enough, after 70 years, right on time, God was faithful to his promise and released the children of Judah from their captivity in Babylon. The ones who had invaded and overcome Judah were themselves invaded and overcome as the armies of Cyrus the Persian captured and destroyed Babylon and the people of Judah were unable to return back to the homes that they once knew, their towns and their cities to rebuild their former lives. And Jerusalem, the city itself was rebuilt and in place of the old temple, a new temple rose in its place. In verse 22 of our text, Jeremiah said, it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. You know, you may be beaten down. You may be worn down and broken by the storms of life that have washed over you so violently. Uh, so much so that you've been tossed to and fro and don't have any idea if it will ever end. But my friend, you are not consumed. This 2020 may have been the most challenging year that you've ever known, the most horrendous for some of you. You know, jobs have been at risk. For so many people, jobs have been lost. They don't know where maybe their next meal is coming from. Debt may be strangling like a noose. Sickness has robbed people of all enjoyment of life and has taken so many lives. The circumstances that we're now finding ourselves forced to live in have put us under so much pressure. They may have overwhelmed some of you, but God is faithful in it all. And you know, for some of you, maybe it goes back further than 2020. You might be looking back at the ruins of a broken home, parents who never loved you, friends who abandoned you. You might be standing today in the ruins of a failed marriage. Friend, it might never have been as grim as it is for you right now, but by the mercies of God, you have not been consumed. You haven't been utterly destroyed. You know, you may have come close to the edge, but praise God, you've not gone over it. You are still here. You woke up this morning and praise God, you made it. You have not been finished. Jeremiah understood this very clearly. That was sure evidence for him 
that by the mercies of God they had not been consumed. I haven't been finished, it's as if he said to himself, so I know that he is not finished. And because he is not finished, I'm not finished either. And you might not see it like Jeremiah. You might be like those others in the land of Judah who only have a cry of despair and desolation. You might feel that there is no hope. So friend, let me be Jeremiah for you today and say there is hope with the Lord. You say you are consumed. I say you are not. You believe that you are finished. I tell you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, he still has mercies for you. His compassion has not failed. And they are mercies, plural. They are many in number. They have occurred frequently throughout your life and they have been varied in the ways that they have guarded you and protected you. And sometimes without you even realizing it. You've been in so many storms, but that unseen hand of the Lord has kept you from being swept away time after time after time. God is faithful. He's faithful and he has been faithful, you know, since the beginning. Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 says, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. And as we read further on in Genesis, it says in verse 31, And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. It was very good. And so when we look around us now, we can see it's evidently not good. So how did we get into this place? Well, Psalm 115:16 tells us, The heaven, even the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth he has given to the children of men. You know, God gave this world to us, to steward, to care for, to enjoy, but not independently from him. We were created in the image and likeness of our God. We were made to exist in union with him, in a real spiritual and vital union and connection with him. And God wanted our relationship with him to be real, to be sincere on our part, to be willing. And willingness is only true and genuine when there is an opportunity to be unwilling. You know, what makes a home different from a prison is that there is a door that leads outside, that leads away from the house. And man, unfortunately, chose the door, chose to exit away from God, separate from him and cut himself off from his maker. And human beings can't live apart from God any more than a fish can live in a tree. And yet God, though he warned man this would be terrible, man turned against God and stepped through the door. And so the rot began in the human race, spiritual rot, moral rot, self-destruction and mutual destruction of one another. And all of the problems that we see now, all of the terrible conditions that have come down to us through history have come from that first great disaster of man walking out of the door and abandoning his God. All of our prejudices, all of our hates, all of our fightings and our bickerings, all of our lusts, all of our jealousies, all of our selfishness, all of our anger, it comes out of that first catastrophe. All of our pride, everything that troubles the human race today comes from the fact that we have rebelled and turned against God. And all of us are guilty because the scripture says in Romans 3 verse 23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And you know, there are so many walking around right now who can see the catastrophic state of the world and I just resigned to the fact that this is the way it's always supposed to be. And yet that's not the case. And thank God that God is faithful. His compassion does not fail. And even though we became rebels and even though we turned against God, as demonstrated by Judah in our text, who turned against him and were overcome by the, the Babylonians, 
Even so, the faithful one looked at his own creation. He saw how we had injured ourselves. He saw the pollution. He saw the corruption. He saw the emptiness in our souls, the aching agony of our hearts in pain, separate from him. He saw the hopelessness. He saw the helplessness. He saw the utter despair and our desperate attempts to try and fix ourselves without success. And he had compassion upon us. You know, the most famous verse in all the Bible, John Chapter 3 and verse 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God sent his Son Jesus into the world as a rescuer, not as a condemner, but as a savior, not as a destroyer, but as a healer, as a restorer. It wasn't for vengeance that Jesus came into the world, but to bind up the broken hearts and reconcile us all back to God. And in Jesus, we see the greatest example of the faithful God. We see a God who looks upon us and loves us and sees the condition that we're in, but is not happy to leave us where we are. His response is the most extraordinary event in history. Our calendar, the very way that we arrange and measure our dates is fixed and hinges and swings around what he did in Jesus Christ. God came to us 2,000 years ago, God in flesh, God in person. He stepped down from heaven, clothed himself in humanity, and walked into the world to join us. And he was born and became one of us, and his name is Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And it says in the scripture in Acts 10 verse 38 that Jesus went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. He was moved with compassion seeing the people like sheep without a shepherd, people who were lost, people who were without direction, people who were in fear and restless and without peace. And he had compassion and he had mercy and he showed the love of God. But you know, they took that merciful Christ, they took that compassionate Christ and they killed him. They hung him on a tree outside the city of Jerusalem in the place called Calvary. He didn't have to die. He was the son of God. He could have called legions of angels to come to his assistance and strike dead those who held the hammer and the nails. But you see, this was God's greatest demonstration of mercy. This was the faithful one's greatest faithfulness. Romans chapter 5 and verse 8 says, But God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Christ gave himself up for us all. He offered his own life as a ransom for many. He who knew no sin became sin for us so that we might be reconciled to God and become the righteousness of God in Christ. The great prophet Isaiah said, like sheep all of us had gone astray, every man had gone to his own way, but the Lord laid on him, on Jesus Christ, the iniquity of us all. Our sins were placed on him on that cross and he was judged for them. The innocent for the guilty, the holy for the unholy, the righteous for the unrighteous. He took our place and drank the cup of the wrath of God against sin, the cup of divine justice, and he drank it all the way to the bottom, to the dregs. Yes, he drank it even to death itself. You know, it was a dead man that they, they took down from that cross, that they carried into the tomb. It was a, a lifeless body that they laid behind that stone. But God is faithful. And he would not leave that innocent one in the grave. He would not allow the Holy One to see corruption. And on the third day, Christ was resurrected. 
He's alive right now, alive forevermore. And all those who receive him, all those who come to him by faith, all those who put their trust in him pass from death to life, from spiritual death, from moral death, from emotional death, from a psychological death to life, to real, supernatural, vital, everlasting life. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says, If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You know, in our text, Jeremiah says in Lamentations 3.24, The Lord is my portion. And that was the voice of his soul. The Lord is my portion. That's the voice of his soul. You know, the human soul is crying out for fulfillment. It's crying out for peace. It's crying out for security. It's, it longs to be satisfied and it's restless until it finds that satisfaction. And I wonder how many of us spent so many long years cramming all kinds of things into that void in the hopes of filling it without any success. But Jeremiah understood the Lord is my portion, that peace is found with him, that joy and happiness are found in our creator. Jesus is the bread of life for our souls and he is the giver of the living water that quenches the thirsty heart. God is our maker and we have no true validation no true appreciation of our own value until we see ourselves in the light of him. Verse 25 in our scripture says, The Lord is good to those that wait for him, those that hope in him, those that depend and trust in him. To the one who seeks the Lord, they will never be disappointed. And how, and how uh, important it is at this hour of history, in these uh, uncertain and restless times, how vital it is and crucial it is that we have an anchor and a security to stabilize our lives and give us the peace inside that cannot seem to be found anywhere out there. Friend, it comes from the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, no one who ever trusted in the Lord was ever disappointed because he is the faithful one. And all the scripture says, all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, whoever you are. Whatever situation you find yourself in as you're listening to my voice, I encourage you, come to Christ and he will be good to you. There is a reason for hope and it is the faithfulness of God. Maybe you're watching this program today and you're already a Christian. Maybe you once walked with the Lord, but like those men of Judah in our text, you've traded that relationship with God for other things. And now maybe idols have first place in your heart, where Jesus Christ was once enthroned. Maybe now there are other things, other distractions, other entertainments. Maybe it's your career or family responsibilities or other relationships and other people. Good things as well as bad things, but in either case, they've forced out the Lord Jesus Christ and you've had very little or no place or time for him at all. Maybe other Christians have disappointed you in the past. Perhaps you've had a bad experience in a church and felt let down and maybe you've blamed the Lord for the wrong that was done to you but friend let me encourage you to turn back to the Lord today he's not angry he has compassion for you his mercies are there for you too you know there's an acute piercing kind of shame when you are a Christian and you've known the Lord but you know that things are not quite as they used to be you're not with him in that place where you once were Friend, come back to him today. You know, there's no condemnation. There's no shame. Come back like that prodigal son and you'll find a father who will run 
to you with arms open, heart open, full of mercy, forgiveness, and love. And perhaps you're a Christian walking with the Lord, but you're worried by what you see in the world around you today. Like Jeremiah, it seems like Judah is aflame and burning all around us. It seems like the nation is coming apart at the seams. It seems like no one has a sure answer for the problems that we're facing at this hour. Look to Christ, my friend. Look to him and see that he is still the Lord God Almighty. He still has power over the wind and the waves, and he can still carry the small boat of your life safely to the shore. And he will most certainly do it because he is the faithful God. He's not a man who can lie. He has promised and he will be true to his word. You know, David said in Psalm 27, 13, he would have lost heart and given up and quit had he not believed that he would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. You know, we have to be like David and trust that in every challenge and every difficult circumstance, we can, be, we can believe like David did and know confidently that the Lord will do the same for us as he did for David so many years ago. And lastly, a word to anyone who doesn't know the Lord who would say, you know, I'm not a Christian. I'm not sure that I am. I don't know if I am or not. Let me encourage you to come to Christ today. You might not be even sure how you ended up watching this program, but no matter, it's no accident how you got here today. Let me assure you that God is reaching out to you right now with a hand of love and mercy, forgiveness and hope. Christ is a, a lifeboat, but what good is a lifeboat if you go down with the ship? No, open your heart to him in prayer right now. Say, Lord Jesus, I trust you. I come to you. Forgive me. I put my life in your hands. Why not uh, reach out to a, a church near you? Or you can contact us at Oxford Bible Church. The information is on the screen and maybe we can help point you in the right direction. Friends, our God is the faithful one. He is the faithful God. Taste and see, the scripture says, that the Lord is good. And you know, no matter what turbulent, uncertain times are around us and swirling all around at this present time, it doesn't matter. We can be confident that the faithful God is both able and willing to care for all of those who put their faith and their hope and their trust in him. God bless you. Four Nights with the Devil, a true story of deliverance from evil is my testimony of how back in 2002, as a young man on a spiritual journey, looking for answers and spiritual truth, I found myself involved heavily in the occult and engaging in occult practices, troubled and tormented by demons, until calling upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, he rescued me and set me free. This book is available on Amazon or everywhere in the world as a paperback. It's also available as a Kindle download. I want to encourage you to get this book as an encouragement in your faith that Jesus is Lord over all devils and demons. Thank you for watching. Join with us at Oxford Bible Church every Sunday at 11am Greenwich Mean Time for our live stream service. Or join us at Cheney School, Headington, Oxford, OX3 7QH. You can watch more of our teachings on our Roku channel and Derek Walker's YouTube channel. All Derek Walker's books are available in printed and Kindle versions in all Amazons worldwide or online with other great products, where you can also support our programs at www.oxfordbiblechurch.co.uk or by calling 01865 515 
0876.